0: Welcome to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where Peter Madison and David Shark discuss the complexities of adopting new ways of working at scale. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Definitely Maybe Agile with your hosts, Peter Madison and David Shark. How are you today, Dave? Excellent, Peter. How are you doing? It's been a good week for you? It has been a good week. It's been awfully busy. It's uh, been so many different things going on. It's uh, been a lot of fun. But what are we What are we talking about today? Well,
1: I was just going to ask, have you been busy talking to customers or have you been busy, busy, being busy rather than getting feedback and validating that what you're doing is counting for something?
0: You, you, it's funny you should say that. Um, but uh, the, this week, I actually managed to connect with my customers and ask them about well, how do you feel about our services? How do you feel about the work that we've been doing for you? Has it been having the impact you were expecting to see? Um, Has it been as effective as you were hoping? And get some feedback about how we're doing and how we're delivering. And and I I know where this is leading in that one of the things we're going to talk about today is how – and um, companies often forget to do this.
1: Well, I'm not sure that they forget to do this because what I was going to follow up with, because this is the sort of, you know, the million dollar question is, is that those conversations that you're having with your customers and getting the feedback and so on, something that you do? once a year or once every 18 months as some sort of strategic piece? Or is it something that's built into your process so that as you're delivering it, you're continually refining what's going on? These are the, it's really the habit of feedback than the act of getting feedback. Yes, yes. And that
0: is a very good point, is that having that habit. And yeah, no, I I must admit that I don't always remember to do this. And uh, building that habit is a really essential skill and um, because it if you don't then you're never really going to be able to build that uh, business agility muscle and start to respond to what's actually coming at you from the marketplace and because your clients so are you by far the the best indicators you'll have as to whether what you're doing is the right
1: thing it's uh you, you started that, that sort of paragraph that you just described there with the word that it's an essential skill. And I think I just wanted to hone in on that because there are many essential skills and we all nod our heads and go, yes, it's an essential skill. And I think if we'd asked somebody 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, for the need to get feedback from customers, everybody then would have agreed it's an essential skill. I wonder if today the essential skill is, it it, it actually has meaning in the way that it hasn't in the past. Because um, clients, customers, the needs of people are much more visceral. They're much more at the surface today in the sense that we really see companies that if they take their eye off the ball and don't understand where their customers needs are moving, they can become irrelevant or obsolete incredibly quickly. So I think there's a pace of change there that means that an essential skill that has always been recognized as an essential skill is becoming one of the top one, two, three things that organizations have to be exceptional.
0: Uh, I think you touched on it there. It's that, it's that frequency and cadence um, whereas before, yeah. hey, we'll go do some customer surveys, we'll go knock on a few doors, we'll find a little bit of information, then we'll go away and we will go build something for a year and a half. And then we'll come back and see if we built the right thing. That 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 approach is no longer effective uh, in that it won't allow you to be able to respond to those customer needs as quickly as you need to be. It's got to be much faster. You've got to have a much Faster frequency of connecting to your customers, collecting that feedback, and understanding and changing what it is that you're you're working towards. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, just as an example, it, and to put things in context, I was reading a book uh, recently written in two thousand and one, which is twenty years ago. It's not like an eon ago. Full of technology and digital, you know, case studies and so on. The relevance of so many of the. Um, uh, examples being used in that book are completely absent today because this is pre- Facebook. It's pre-social media. It's pre-so many of it is actually pre-iPhone. Right, we're talking about in a decade the world that we exist, you know, ex- exist in is completely different from you know what we may have, you know. G- gathered our first experiences of product ownership for example product management so I think that the pace of changes is, is a huge impact there um, maybe this the, 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 where I see this exhibited most strongly is in product management. Uh, a lot of attention goes to delivery and the the kind of discipline if you like that has to be most ready to address some of these things or, or, or have relevance around validating customer needs has to be the product management group yeah and there's
0: this the the principle boring i think out of XP right of yagni you, you ain't going to need it this this idea that uh, you if you if you don't have that frequent feedback loop you might not realize you're building the wrong thing and you might realize you're building the wrong thing too late. So you end up packing a whole ton of features in that nobody's ever going to use, they're never going to want this, and uh, it's not fit for purpose. Whereas if you... And I remember from years ago, looking at this, the example is the used to be and it's becoming less so, but you'd pull out the like the smartphone and the apps are single purpose versus this idea of a multifunction application that does absolutely everything for you. And it's a Swiss army knife, even though you're not going to use 90% of it. So now you're building something that's much more targeted uh, to a particular customer need. And it gets really, really good at doing that
1: and and we're we're very much a, a um a sort of comfortable with that i mean there's this whole sort of i think in many uh product management groups that we'll work with there's a there's a mindset of we know what the customer needs we have a list of features we're gonna go gallop after all of those features and as you say, sometimes it's we're gonna take two years and get all the features built and then tada get hit the market or it's a case of we've started getting some traction. We're going to build as many features as possible, as quickly as possible. And I think there's a often in exactly what we we're talking about, often in the pressure of meeting the next deadline or getting the next feature out or the excitement of another marketing splurge around some new set of functionality, we don't necessarily carve out the time to get feedback and validate that the value that we expect, the usage we're expecting is actually happening.
0: Yeah, Exactly. If we look at all of this, how would you how would you wrap this up into three points for our listeners?
1: Um, I think first of all, uh, there's an element that we have to recognise that what's always been an essential skill is event is 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 like capital E essential skill at this point. It's something that's very um, a critical uh, kind of tool in any product managers product management team's arsenal, if you like. And I think that's something that we kind of have to. Um, encourage and carve out time for that would be the first thing Uh, a consequence of that by the way and I know we're dragging off a little bit but I just wanted to touch on this as a leader working as a stakeholder or a champion working with product management teams we often like the security of a well-defined product roadmap that we can look at and polish up and share and, and get behind and what we're talking about when you're validating emergent needs with your customers and users is often that that product roadmap is going to change direction. It's going to be something that doesn't have stability that we're used to. And there's something there's something really nice about having that you know that security of a really well defined plan to get behind. And I think that has the tendency to then the consequence of that is my product management group knows this and delivers a well defined plan. Now we've got inertia behind it. We've got resources. We've got money. We've got commitment behind it. And now all of a sudden, you're in a place where you cannot, even if you validate, even if you find opportunities, you're in a situation where you can't really change gear or change direction uh, without it violating, without it breaking the security of that plan. So there's an element there that we need to be very cautious of as well. Yeah,
0: that uh, dynamism, the uh, this idea that uh, we've got to be looking at the emergent customer need and be able to build a System that is able to respond to that. It's funny you mentioned commitment. There's the, uh, real options is a, is a great book. There's a book called commitment that uh, talks about real options and the idea of like at what point, what information do I need to know to be able to make the next decision? So sort of where am I in being able to decide that and how, how can I create my options? What options do I have? How can I determine what the next information point is where I can decide which way to go? That kind of, uh,
1: um, and what's interesting in the books and the, the ideas that you're describing there is, at no point, is there this Uber product person making all the decisions based on their understanding of the market, their gut feel, or something. What you're describing is data-driven, you know, observationally based decisions. Looking at, you know, can we should we keep investing here, or do we stop the investment here and? Pursue a different option over here. And it's a, it's a, it isn't the people like some sort of leader person in the product management group making decisions around this. This is something that has a lot more data, which is that validation piece again. How are we validating the ideas and getting the data and, and using that to steer? Yes. So, so this week's topic has always been about uh, the,
0: the piece of where business agility fails because we don't go and talk to our customers. And uh, we were looking at this as the counterpoint to uh, the previous podcast we did on increasing profitability and like the efficiency in, in organizations. So uh, I, I hope everybody's enjoyed listening to this. If, uh, if anybody has any feedback, they can reach us at feedback at definitelymaybeagile.com. And, of course, if, uh, if you like listening to this, then share it with your friends and invite other people along. And uh, as always, Dave, it's great fun. I always enjoy these conversations. And until uh, yeah. next time.
1: Um, Peter, great fun as well. And just as a reminder, this one has all been about customer validation. Feedback is king. So any ideas, thoughts, please provide them so that we can steer our own path as well. Looking forward to the next conversation, Peter.
0: You You've been listening to Definitely Maybe Agile the podcast where your hosts, Pete Madison and David Sharrock, focus on the art and science of digital, agile, and DevOps at scale.